If you've never heard of the Government Scientific Advisory Panel, known as Jason, there's a good reason for that. Most of the work it does is classified. The independent group has been conducting studies for DOD and other agencies for more than 60 years, but now the department seems determined to do away with it. Defense officials say the reason is that there are more cost-effective ways to get outside scientific advice, but there are reasons to be skeptical of that explanation. Charles Levinson has been covering the possible downfall of Jason and efforts to rescue it for Reuters, where he's a national affairs correspondent. He talked with me about where things stand. They started in the late 50s after the Russians launched Sputnik, and there was this sort of panic here in the States that we were falling behind the Russians in the space race, the science race, etc. And, and it was modeled uh, after the Manhattan Project, actually, this, this group of independent scientists that worked you know, for the government, but independent of the government at the same time. And they brought in, they, they went and recruited basically the top physicists in the country. Um, there are about 60 of them. And over the years, they, they, they have, you know, they started off working on predominantly sort of space-related stuff, but have evolved to do a whole range of things and expanded beyond physicists. Um, they do things, you know, they do reports that are commissioned by government agencies, not just, even though the contract is with the DOD, they don't exclusively work for the DOD. Uh, any government agency really can, can commission them to do a study. Um, and, and, and they've done a whole range of things over the years. Uh, majority has been sort of defense-related. Uh, they've also done a bunch of stuff for the National Nuclear Security Agency Administration, which is, you know, dealing with sort of the security of uh, nuclear stockpiles and stuff that's outside the, the national security space. Um, they've done stuff for the Department of Labor, for example. Um, more, more recently, sort of the, the uh, study they did that, uh, you know, outside the sort of the realm of, the, of, of their, their traditional work was they did a study for the State Department uh, after the bunch of diplomats in Cuba, the American embassy in Cuba fell ill, and they thought it might be from a, a some sort of mysterious microwave weapon, and the Jasons were commissioned by the State Department to study what what, what it was that might have caused this, and 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 they went in and determined that the sound that people had heard and, and associated possibly with the attack was actually from a, a cricket in the jungle. So that was sort of a. Uh, uh, you know, interesting uh, example for the, of a case that people may be familiar with because it made the news. Right. And, and then as far as Jason's potential demise, it, it seems like there's two things going on here at once. One is an administration-wide effort to sort of reduce the number of federal advisory committees. But then Jason in particular, as you as you write, appears to be a particular target of Michael Griffin, the Undersecretary for Research and Engineering. So are, are both of those a factor in Jason's potential downfall here, or is one more responsible than the other, as far as you can tell? Well, I, I think they're both factors. I, I, the sense that, you know, Jason's not alone. There's a bunch of these committees that have, uh, you know, either been been abolished or there have been attempts to abolish them or they've been deactivated. Um, there's been this, there was this executive order a few weeks ago that, that mandated uh, federal agencies to reduce the number of their advisory boards. And so what I think it comes down to is there's basically this sort of, top-down approach attitude coming down from the administration that is not very uh, amenable to these things, somewhat hostile to a lot of these independent boards. And so it gives the way, it gives, gives room for people who might be, who might not like their own advisory boards for one reason or another to, to do away with them without, you know, without fear of or feeling like they have the political cover from the top. So in, in the case of the Jasons, there was, you know, it seems pretty clear that there was a, a, a personal animosity or, or, you know, a real divide with, with Michael Griffin, the Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering, um, uh, with Jason's, particularly because of the, 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 the organization's 
sort of past uh, skepticism about a lot of the science that underpins some of the ambitious space defense projects that Griffin has uh, advocated for, for decades. Yeah, let's get into that a little bit more, because I think it's important to say that, that Jason is not the only federal advisory committee that reports to Griffin. I, the one that more people probably will have heard of is the Defense Science Board, which there's been no interference with as far as I know of or, or any attempt to do away with. So so what are the specific issues? And I know we don't know this for sure because Griffin wouldn't talk to you for this story. But what are the specific issues that seem to be at the root of his distaste for Jason? But, you, know, you know, Griffin has been uh, an, an outspoken advocate for uh, things like uh, the Strategic Defense Initiative, more commonly known as Star Wars, uh, going back to the, the 80s. Um, more, you know, more recently, he's, he's been a, a robust advocate for, you know, other, other uh, a, you know, ambitious space-based weapon systems, space-based missile defense. He was recently put in charge of the new Space Development Agency, which has been responsible for developing the defense technologies that will be deployed in outer space. Um, and and Jason has, you know, I guess going back decades, has often chimed in, been asked to chime in on 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 various technologies that would underpin some of these space systems, and has often been skeptical or critical of the science involved. And by you know, by all accounts, you know, had 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 angered or or, or irked uh, Griffin and, and sort of you know fostered a a grudge between Griffin and and the Jasons. This doesn't appear to be strictly a money issue. And as you report, there there are other agencies that see value in Jason. And in fact, the NNSA, as you mentioned, offered to step in and take over the contract and essentially rescue this advisory panel. What happened when they tried to do that? Well, yeah, sorry, it's not, it doesn't, the, the, the money argument doesn't seem to hold much water. First of all, Jason isn't uh, very expensive, you know, as far as Pentagon budgets go, Jason costs you know, in the area of eight million a year, which is you know not a lot by Pentagon standards. But mo- moreover, uh, you know, the the Pentagon only the Pentagon is the umbrella contract for the for the for the Jasons, but it only pays for studies it commissions. So if the Pentagon wants to spend less, they cannot commission any studies in a given year, and they'll pay nothing. And, you know, other government agencies will pay for the studies they commission, and each study is about five hundred thousand um, dollars, give or take. So so you know, they could have kept the contract going and saved all the money they spend on this without you know, exterminating or you know, killing the program. But still, you know, the NNSA came in, the National Legal Security Administration came in and said, hey, you know, we, we, we really value Jason's science. We want to keep, it, keep this program going. If, if you don't want it for whatever reason, you know, fair enough, we'll take it off your hands. The NNSA administrator, Lisa Gordon Haggerty, went to Griffin's office and said, hey, you know, we'll take this off you. But it was all very last minute. The, the contract is expiring. And Jason's were, had to plan for their summer, and they had about two weeks to get this new contract drawn up. Which you know, anybody familiar with uh, government contracting knows that that's uh, you know uh, a near impossible timeline. But they were you know prepared to fast track it, do everything possible to get the thing going as you know as fast as possible. But they needed basically an extra month, and they went to Griffin's office and said, "Hey, you know, will you sign this no cost uh, this one month no cost extension?" All you have to do is sign this paper saying the contract is still in existence for a month. It'll cost you nothing, you know, and then we'll take off your hands forever and you'll be done with it. And uh, the answer was no, which suggested to a lot of people that it wasn't just about saving money and it wasn't just about getting the, the contract out of, you know, out, out of his, his office that he wanted the, the, you know, the Jason program, you know, done for, for good. 
All right, Charles, finally, where are we now? What's what's the near-term outlook for Jason, and, and how is it being kept afloat for at least the next several months? Sure. So the NNSA, despite the despite Griffin's office refusal to sign the, the one-month no-cost extension, still did manage to to get through the contract in time. They did that by have by basically giving assurances to the uh, non-government, the, you know, the the, the the nonprofit that runs the that administers and manages the program, basically assurances that they were going to do this, and so that nonprofit stepped in and provided the necessary funding needed to keep it alive that extra month until the NNSA could get the contract in order. Um, that's an eight-month an eight-month extension, so it basically gives it another another cycle of studies. And then, you know, what happens at that time? Uh, you know, the, the assumption is that they'll get this figured out. That either the NNSA will will do a permanent contract. There's been language inserted into the defense spending bill in the House that would force, you know, order the Pentagon to renew the contract. Um, that that language doesn't exist in the Senate version, so you know, it's not at all certain that that will wind up in the final bill. Um, but it certainly, you know, it certainly does appear that there are people who are intent on keeping this thing going one way or another. But it's definitely, it's not, at the same time, it's it's not certain and it's still up in the air. The only thing that's certain is that, you know, another eight months of Jason. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.